Good afternoon and welcome to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. So today here in studio we have uh, Emily Barton, who our resident film expert. Thanks so much for coming into the show just before Christmas, Emily. So now, of course, we're swamped with all kinds of wonderful movies and Christmas-themed programmes on television over the weekend. So you're here to give us a bit of a guide through the maze. Yes, it's Christmas time. Six more sleeps, Maeve. I'm so excited. This is my all-time happiest time of the year um, the most wonderful time of the year and for me that's because there's so many movies on it's it's, it's heavenly um, so hopefully uh, today I can help everybody navigate through uh, all the, the selection of films out there that you can watch between um, the big screen and the small screen over the Christmas holidays so I thought I'd start off with the big screen first off uh, there's a great selection of movies that are on in my all time favourite cinema in Dublin and I'm constantly going on and on about it in the Stella Theatre in Rathmines, the luxury cinema. Um, and again, I suppose for anybody who maybe isn't doesn't know um, the cinema in Rathmines, the Stella, it is a luxury cinema. It's a nice big red leather chairs. Uh, there's drink services and food services. It is a little bit more expensive uh, than your standard cinema it's 19 euro a ticket but they have a gorgeous selection of Christmas movies on over this weekend that I highly recommend people check out and considering the season that's in it it's it is a nice time to have that treat and if you're a big movie fan like me um, a, a treat for me would be going to the Stella and maybe going upstairs and having a cocktail and and going in and, and checking uh, a couple of films out. So this weekend, starting from tomorrow, um, there's a couple of nice, there's a nice selection. And of course, the Stella Theatre only has one screen, so it's it's not a big multiplex cinema. So it's it has a very selected, um, a very specific programme. So there's, there's, they tend to show maybe two to three movies a day uh, depending on the timings. So over this weekend the new Star Wars movie is out so for any of the big Star Wars movie fans uh, if you want sort of that extra special experience you can go and see that in the Stella over the weekend it's playing at different times Uh, they're also showing Frozen 2 for the kids so the big fans of Anna and Elsa can go and see that actually Frozen 2 is on Sunday at 9.30 in the morning in the Stella Uh, also um, tomorrow at 2 o'clock if you're a fan of the classics like I am It's a Wonderful Life is being shown at 2 o'clock tomorrow so that's a beautiful one that's Friday the 20th Friday the 20th so that's a that's a beautiful one to see and then the another one which some may it, it has a little bit of controversy in that people argue over whether or not it's a Christmas movie but they're showing Die Hard uh, and I, I every year Christmas time I go on about Die Hard because it is it's it's in my top five Christmas movies that came out in the summer uh, back in the uh, in the ni- early 90s and it's uh it's 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 an action movie. It's a comedy action movie, but um, it's set at Christmas time. And there's always been this debate about whether or not it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. Diehard fans uh, accept that it is a Christmas movie, and it's a really fun movie. So anyone who hasn't seen Diehard, I always say do check it out. People people who haven't seen it and know of it and they kind of think yeah it's a Bruce Willis action movie but it's it's an it's an action movie with a twist because there's so much comedy in it it's really good fun and there's great characters in it uh, it's and it's directed by John McTiernan it's fantastic so that's going to be on in the Stella Theatre over the weekend as well a, cr- a couple of days and is that a family movie? 
it's not a family movie it is an action film so it's not one for the young kids it is uh, there is violence in it um, albeit somewhat comical style of violence um, so it's not one for the young kids if you want to bring the kids to the Stella this weekend I highly recommend Frozen 2 I also highly recommend exposing them to the old classics like It's a Wonderful Life I mean it's a beautiful beautiful film um, so those two films definitely for the kids Star Wars obviously is for the, the older kids um, but the one film that I'm really excited about and it's on all weekend in the Stella and it's one of my it's in my top three favourite Christmas movies of all time is Elf with Will Ferrell so before I go into talking about Elf just to let you know so when is Elf on in the Stella this weekend it's on Friday tomorrow Friday the 20th at five minutes to midnight so they have a midnight screening of it tomorrow but it's also showing on Sunday the 22nd at 12pm and it's showing on Monday as well at 11.35pm so there's plenty of opportunities for people to go and see Elf 11.35pm at night on Monday yes Okay. So they have some they have some late night screenings as well as morning screenings. So there's um so I'm going to talk about Elf. If anyone out there hasn't seen Elf, you have to go and see it. You have to. <laughs> it's going to be on over TV as well. Uh, I just checked my notes here. It's on Christmas Eve on UTV at quarter past five as well. I'm going to talk a little bit later on about what's on over the the few days of Christmas. Uh, but Elf is just one of my go to Christmas movies when you feel good, and it is for all the family it's a really nice one that regardless of how old you are what your what your tastes are in movies Elf is the one film that is going to please everybody and make everybody feel happy and feel good so Elf uh, came out in 2003 it was directed by John Favreau who's a really cool director he just recently directed the new uh, Lion King I won't say live action because it wasn't a live action but the new Lion King um, photo reel CGI uh, version of the Lion King and he also directed Iron Man and The Jungle Book so uh, and he's, he's a fantastic actor in his own right he's a brilliant brilliant director and so Elf was one of the kind of the earlier films that he directed and it's an absolute gem so Elf stars Will Farrell, who's uh, I'm a massive fan of Will Farrell. He's a fantastic American comedian, and uh, so Will Farrell plays Buddy the Elf, and Buddy the Elf is the star of Elf. Uh, he's also joined by a fantastic cast of actors. Um, James Can plays his father Walter. Bob Newhart plays Papa Elf. Edward Asner plays Santa, and then he has a leading lady in Zoe Deschanel, who people will know from new, the New Girl TV series. Um, she's a lovely, lovely girl. Uh, she plays. Jovi, his love interest in the film. And then we have the beautiful Mary Steenbergen, who uh, is wonderful. And she kind of plays his father's uh, wife, Emily. So there's a brilliant cast in it. It is based around Buddy the Elf, who was, when he was a baby, he was a baby in an orphanage and he snuck into Santa's um, sack of toys while Santa wasn't looking. And uh, Santa brought him back to the North Pole unbeknownst to him. And Buddy the Elf becomes adopted by one of the elves and raised as an elf so Buddy believes he is an elf he has no idea that he's a human and one day uh, it gets to a point where they can't really hide the fact that he's a human because he's about 10 feet taller than everybody else in the North Pole and it starts to interfere with his day-to-day life and he starts to feel a little bit excluded and he's sort of the, the one that's sticking out like a sore thumb and eventually his adopted father Papa Elf 
played by Bob Newhart, he sits him down and says to him, look, you are, you're a human being and I adopted you and raised you. And uh, this is the name of your mother and your father. And his mother had, had, um, had died quite young. Um, so he decides he wants to find his father and reconnect with his father and learn about, learn about his father. So he uh, tr- takes a trip to New York. Um, and what I love about, I mean, the core of this for me, apart from, like, there's so much fun, there's comedy, there's music, uh, it's so lighthearted and uplifting. But what I love about it is Buddy the Elf is just, he's he's the epitome of, of, of goodness and childhood innocence and naivety. And he sees the good in everything and everything he sees, he believes at face value. Uh, he has no cynicism. He has no. He he's kind of he's he's ni- He has the naivety and in- innocence that's kind of misunderstood in our cynical world. Um, and so it's a really really nice um, kind of coming together of those th- those kind of two worlds. So um, it's I, I suppose the best way for me to explain uh, and come br- bring across that is to play a couple of clips from the film because um, Will Farrell is just an absolute gem as Buddy the Elf. So I have a clip here. The first clip here is Buddy who has, he's taken this massive journey to New York and the journey in itself is really funny and really comedic. Um, there's there's a, there's a scene when he first lands in, in, in New York and he is going by a coffee shop and like a random standalone uh, coffee shop and outside the coffee shop in the window it says uh, world's best coffee and he sees this sign and he goes oh my god that's fantastic and he sort of bursts into the cafe and he goes well done everybody that's great and he sort of orders a, a cup of the world's best coffee not realising that probably every coffee shop in New York has this sign saying world's best coffee so just that kind of highlights it but here's a clip anyway that um, this is Buddy the Elf he's finally tracked down his father Walter played by James Caan who works in a uh, in a, a, a book publishing company uh, that publishes children's books so this is the scene where he and then his father has no idea who he is all he, all he sees is this man dressed up as an elf so this is Buddy uh, bursting into his father's office Dad! Alright, uh, let's get it over with I walked all day and night to find you uh, You look like you came from the North Pole That's <laughs> exactly where I came from Santa must have called you Oh yeah, sure He uh, just got off the cell phone with me You did? So, go on Go on with what? Well, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, yeah, anything for you, Dad. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. And um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> you can imagine a little child making up a song like that. That's. The, I mean, that is, that is the beauty of Buddy the Elf. Is that you have this like Will Ferrell is something like six two, this massive man dressed up as an elf, and he has all of this pure childhood innocence and you're looking at him and you're seeing yourself as a child and you're hearing yourself as a child and what's what makes it even more golden is the fact that he's he's performing this role opposite James Caan who's like this really serious heavyweight actor kind of full on kind of a guy uh, who carries that sort of I suppose cynicism really really well and uh, so they play off each other really really well and he has no idea that this guy is for real 
Um, so it's it's brilliant. So I have another clip here just to, to give you another view. So Buddy Buddy is thrown out of his father's office because his father thinks he's a lunatic. Um, and so somebody has mentioned that he should go to Gimbal's, the toy store. So he goes off to find this toy toy store. Um, it's because he's dressed up as an elf. He goes into the toy store, and because all of any adults that's dressed up like an elf in this toy store, they're the staff that work there. So he blends in perfectly. Um, and he, all the kids are gathered around to to see Santa. Santa's in the store or should I say uh, one of Santa's brothers is in the store uh, to um, take to meet the, the kids and to hear what they want for Christmas so Buddy is really disturbed by the fact that this is not the Santa that he knows are you? Okay, what are you talking you about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, why, of course I am. <laughs> well, if you're Santa, what song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? <laughs> no, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. That is so funny. You really make me want to see this film now. Oh, good. Job done. <laughs> I, I I think that's probably one of my favourite lines in the whole movie is when he whisk goes up to this sort of fake Santa and then whispers, you sit on a throne of lies. It's just <laughs> absolute gem. Wonderful. It's so funny. And then, of course, uh, things spiral out of control then where they get into a bit of an art, a bit of a, a fight on in front of all the kids and disturbing all the kids as it would. As it would. So it's just, it keeps, it keeps kind of moving and moving. Um, and there's just these brilliant scenes with all these different characters as well and for me as well in, in a movie if quite often in a lot of films there's there's the scenes where there's these sort of random characters that come in but they don't really do anything for the film they don't move the story along you know you kind of wonder what the point of them is it's, they're almost like fillers whereas like th- this is another one of those films where any interaction that he has it's it serves a purpose it's really funny it's really entertaining it moves the story along there's a fantastic I have one more clip to play play you here with I have, it's, it's one of the funniest ones I think where uh, Buddy has um, has been out in the town and he's been um, bonding with this uh, other lady who works in the toy store called Jovi um, and he's madly in love with her and he wants to come as soon as possible to his father's office and to tell him that he's in love Um, and unbeknownst to him his father is in the middle of a really important meeting his father's uh, under serious pressure a deadline to get this n- a new children's book out before Christmas but they're they're really struggling with ideas for a children's book so they bring in this guy um, played by Peter Dinklage who is this you know absolute top of his game guy, ideas guy he's sort of the creative guy and he'll come in and he'll just like pick an idea out of a hat and it'll be amazing and it'll be a bestseller um, and Peter Dinklage as people may know him as Tyrion Lannister in Game of Thrones he's a dwarf and he's an absolute, he's a fantastic actor. And this is actually one of the earlier roles for Peter Dinklage before he made it big on Game of Thrones. So this is basically the scene where Buddy bursts into the, to his father's office while his father's having this meeting with Peter Dinklage's character. You got, uh... Dad, I'm in love! 
warm and I don't care who knows it. Buddy, uh, not now. Uh, can you please go back to the uh, to the pit? I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. Oh. Boy, you're you're hilarious, my friend. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, Get, get back to the story, please. <clears throat> so, on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, go back to the basement. Hey, Jackweed, I get more action in a week than you've had your entire life. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh my goodness! That was, oh. It's an absolute gem of a scene because, like, yeah. it is that it's you know on one side we think, oh my god, that's so on PC, but it, yeah. he he's coming from that place of total innocence. The North Pole is real. Santa's real. He's an he is an elf, and here is here is a guy who he's a small man, so therefore yeah. he he looks like an elf. He thinks he's an he genuinely believes he's an elf, and of course Peter Dinklage's character thinks he's just completely slagging him off. Of course, and yeah, being very rude, but being really rude. So it's just yeah. it is absolute go comedy gold from start to finish yeah. it's, it's it's very clever uh, that idea that uh, he's a baby who's brought up in a different family you know the foundling like that's a very old trope in, in fiction going back centuries obviously but it just reminds me of that movie The Jerk with uh, Steve Martin oh that's fantastic because he was a little white boy adopted by a black family and when they break the news to him that he's adopted he's heartbroken and he's devastated because he never realised even though he's the only white child in a big black family but it's a very funny film as well oh, The Jerk brilliant. It's brilliant, and it is. It's it is. It's a, it's a class classic concept, and it's just it's it's so heartwarming the way he's the because of because of the way he is because he is so innocent, and he sort of does reflect that sort of childhood goodness in all of us. It just it just it's hard not to just love him, and you know, you're everyone is rooting for him, and to see him interact with this all this cynicism. Because mm-hmm. I mean, one of the underlying story, one of the underlying elements of the film is the fact that Santa sleigh uh, needs an engine now because the, whereas it used to be uh, lifted by uh, Christmas spirit people's Christmas spirit has sort of dropped a little bit um, so he needs an engine so that's kind of really sad so Buddy's kind of coming back into the world as a human and sort of bringing that Christmas spirit and that joy and that innocence to it um, I suppose before we before we kind of cut to a break I mean uh, one of the things I, d- I wanted to, to run through really quickly some really interesting bits of trivia about this film uh, Jim Carrey was originally supposed to play Elf which I thought was interesting I love I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey he was attached to it in 1993 when the script was first the screenplay was first written and um, but I'm really, really glad that Will, Will Farrell um, ultimately did it because he, he's he's an absolute gem. Um, Will Farrell turned down $29 million to do the sequel of Elf, um, which I think fair play to him. But I think it goes to show just how the f- Elf is such a well-made film. It is, it's perfect. I wouldn't change anything in it. And I think to do another one 
might tamper with that. I mean, there's very few films for the sequel are as good, uh, if not better, than the first film. I mean, Home Alone 2 now was, was good, but um, I think Will Ferrell um, kind of made a good choice. But fair play to him. We turned down $29 million. Um, so, you know, good on him. There's a really nice um, story about, in the in the end, towards the end of the film, Santa hooks up with this kid called Michael, who is Will Farrell or Buddy the Elf's stepbrother. Um, and, or half-brother, should I say. And Santa shows Michael the nice list, the list of nice kids. And the list that they show on film is actually names of all the crew that worked on the film. Which I thought that was a really nice thing to do to include to include all the crew that worked on the film in that way um, in the film. I thought that was lovely, and I suppose finally, Buddy the Elf, Elf's uh, main food groups are candy corns, candy canes, um, candy, and syrup, maple syrup. So Will Ferrell has to consume a huge amount of junk, and he puts you know there's a scene where he has spaghetti and he's pouring candy corns and candy canes and maple syrup all over the spaghetti, and he has to eat it. And Will Ferrell had to eat it for real. So he spent a lot of the uh, as a lot of the filming of it being sick or having really really bad headaches. I which I I, I was like this this can't be real. But yes, he was eating all of, all of that stuff on sets. And there's a scene where he's in a doctor's office and he's eating the cotton buds out of the out of a jar, the cotton wool, and you're kind of like, oh, that's gross. How's he doing that? It's, it actually turns out it's cotton candy that hasn't been dyed pink. Because it's really gross when you see it. You're like, he's swallowing. He's taking lumps of cotton wool out of the doctor's jar and he's swallowing them. It's gross. But anyway, it's brilliant. Excellent. So just tell us again when it's on over the weekend. So uh, Elf, yes, Elf is on this weekend. So it's on tomorrow. It's a midnight screening in the cellar tomorrow at, uh, well, it's five to midnight. And then it's That's on. That's on Friday 20th Friday of December. Friday 20th of December. And then on Sunday, it's on at 12 p.m. So it's a midday screening. Sunday 22nd. And then Monday the 23rd, it's on at 11.35 p.m. But if you go to stellacinemas.ie, you'll be able to get all of the film timings. Fantastic. So now, thank you so much for that. And what's our first piece of music? Our first piece of music. So this is a probably maybe a lesser known Christmas song, but it's probably one of my favourites and it makes me smile and jump around. It's called Donde Esta Santa Claus by Augie Rios. Wonderful. Mamacita Donde esta Santo Claus Donde esta Santo Claus And the toys that he will leave Mamacita
Welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin, and today, Thursday, 19th of December, a few days before Christmas now, and Emily Barton, our film critic, is here telling us about what's going on over Christmas on TV and in the cinema. So, Emily, what have you got for us now? So, moving on to the small screen, there is... I'm going to go through and if people want to grab their pen and paper, that's absolutely fine because I am going to run through a good few movies that are on over the festive period from my uh, movie Bible at Christmas time, the RT Guide, which has a festive movie planner. But before I move on to that, I'll I'll give everybody a chance to, to run and get a pen and paper or... Please do. I do encourage people to, to, to get the RT guide because it's fantastic. Um, but before I move on to that, Netflix has is is, is a great um, streaming service with a load of movies on it and there's lots of Christmas movies on it. But one of the ones that I sort of wanted to focus on, there's a docu-series called Movies That Made Us. And it's a four-part series with each episode looking at doing a deep dive into very very famous films so the four films that they look at are Dirty Dancing Home Alone Ghostbusters and Die Hard and I suppose for the sake of Christmas Home Alone and Die Hard would be our kind of our two Christmas movies and what I this is a really really cool uh, series it's done in a really light hearted way but really interesting because it, it these are films that when they were written uh, they were never ever expected to do big to do to have a big box office draw to to be to be to become iconic everyday classic Christmas movies blockbusters blockbusters they were never and and I this is for me it's one of the fascinating things is is the journey around how films get made uh, and it's interesting actually Matthew McConaughey was on um, Graham Norton last Saturday and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, currently is he's a professor in the universe I think it's the University of Arizona but I could be wrong about that but he's teaching this course um, around sort of uh, from from screenplay to screen uh, and he was saying how he, he he shows sort of the first script so when one the first script is ever written and then he shows the different samples of it and the different changes and quite often the end result of a film is miles away from the original script, com- like completely different. And there's a really interesting journey as to what's gone on in between the first script and the finished product, between studios, between budgeting, between actors, between um, the, the crew. Uh, it's really, really fascinating. And to the me. writers, presumably. And the writers, absolutely. And, and, and getting different writers in and new writers in and changing of directors and, and their vision. And sometimes things are just serendipitous. And in the case of, say, Home Alone and Die Hard, it was very serendipitous, you know, how those those were developed and, and why how they've actually become the big...
big masterpieces and, and the, the, the favourites that they have become. So this series on Netflix called Movies That Made Us is really interesting and it's done in a fun way because it, it, it has interviews with the different studio heads and with some of the actors from the films and things like that. So for for the for today, because we're talking about Christmas movies, a sort of just a spotlight on the Home Alone and the Die Hard episodes. Now I won't obviously go through everything because I would encourage people to watch them. They're really, really interesting. I mean Home Alone is probably Home Alone is the other one in my top three. I mean it, it is. It's the it's the absolute probably one of the best all time Christmas movies. It's just so brilliant. It it hasn't aged as far as I'm concerned. It, it's it's the one that pleases all the family. Uh, it's such a lovely film and such an amazing con- concept. Uh, it came out in 1990. It was directed by Chris, Chris Columbus. Uh, and what a lot of people don't know is Home Alone almost wasn't made. Uh, and it, Home Alone to me is probably one of the most fascinating ones because it was this tiny script so it was written by John Hughes so John Hughes is a really famous director who made some of the most iconic movies in the 1980s he did 16 Candles he did The Breakfast Club he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off he did Uncle Buck uh, I mean he was the, the, the everything he touched turned to gold and he was one of these amazing writers who could lash out a script over a weekend and so he had this huge um, this huge success with the movies in the 80s. And in 1988, he, he made this film called Uncle Buck, starring John Candy, the comedian. And it was a, the earliest uh, film with Macaulay Culkin. And Macaulay Culkin, I think, was about six, six or seven in it. And he just stole the show. He stole the movie. If anyone has seen Uncle Buck, they'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, John Candy is an, was an incredible, incredible comedian and actor. Um, but there's a really famous scene where Macaulay Culkin is sort of giving his uncle, played by John Candy, sort of the third degree in like an interview. And there's this really brilliant sparring back and forth between them. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Who are you? Um, and... Uh, John Hughes was really inspired by Macaulay Culkin he thought this kid is really great and he thought what if I wrote a film that's completely focused on a nine year old completely circulated on a nine year old and he had Macaulay Culkin in mind so he went away and he wrote the first script for Home Alone in the space of a, uh, uh, in the space of a weekend he wrote this really cute script called Home Alone and he sent it to Chris Columbus and Chris Columbus at the time hadn't directed anything but he had written the screenplays for some amazing 80s movies including The Goonies and Gremlins so so and he had directed um, The advent- Adventures of Babysitting and so John Hughes wanted him to direct Home Alone and to give him that opportunity. And they had a little bit of sparring with the screenplay back and forth and tweaking different scenes. So the two of them, so the script is the final script that we ended up with with Home Alone is really sort of an amalgamation of John Hughes genius and Chris Columbus genius. So two of some of the best writer directors um, of the 80s and 90s. So they pitched it to Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers at the time were making these massive movies, massive budgets, big stars, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, like huge movies. And here they are with this cute little script based around a nine-year-old. Macaulay Culkin wasn't a big star. There was no big stars in it. He did persuade John Candy to have the cameo that he does in Home Alone. Has John Candy did it as a favour? So Warner Brothers said, "Yeah, that's fine. We'll give you ten million. And ten million in in the movie world is nothing. It's a no budget." And they kind of said, "Look, John Hughes pitched it as it, it's going to be a nice film. It'll do well. It's not going to break any records." Little did, did he know. Um, so they had, so they had, so they go through in this in this program. They go through all the making of it and the ins and outs. And I won't, I won't divulge too much uh, on that. Um, so I do do encourage people to watch it. 
but ultimately Warner Brothers dropped it. Um, so Home Alone was dead in the water. Uh, so Home Alone nearly just was was not made. But thankfully, um, somebody who wasn't in, in behind the scenes in Warner Brothers went to 20th Century, and 20th Century Fox picked it up and greenlit it. And thank thanks to 20, it is thanks to 20th Century Fox that we have Home Alone, which is amazing. So thank you, 20th Century Fox, <laughs> you did good. Um, so it, this this docu series kind of does a really good deep dive in it and just to give you a little bit of flavour I mean I'm, I, I'd like to think everybody has seen Home Alone at this stage I haven't ah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a failing tell us what the central concept is in Home Alone so the central concept of Home Alone is that so Macaulay Culkin is a nine year old kid he's part of a really big family uh, his parents uh, his mother played by Catherine O'Hara who's just uh, one of my favourite actresses of all time Um He's part of this big family and there's lots of fighting going on between the family and they're all going away for Christmas. They're flying to Paris for Christmas and there's a big fight um, with his siblings the night before. He's he's one of the youngest in the family and uh, his mom, to punish him, puts him in the attic the night before to punish him for being bold and fighting with his brothers and they all go off to Paris and they for- he, he's slept in and they, she's forgotten that he's up in the attic and uh, they've left him home alone. So that's the concept of Home Alone. And while he's home alone and having the time of his life, by the way, not totally freaking out, having the absolute time of his life, it's an absolute gem. Uh, his parents have dis- have gotten to Paris and have discovered they've left one of their children at home alone and ap- absolutely freaking out. Meanwhile, there's these two burglars who are going around scoping out the houses. Um, uh, Joe Pesci is one of the burglars. Uh, they, they're, 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 they're looking to break in and he overhears this. So he knows these two burglars are going to try to break into his home and he decides, I'm going to stop this. And he's a nine-year-old child on his ho- on his own and he's like, I'm going to stop these burglars. So he hatches a plan and there's this brilliant scene where he kind of scrawls open this sort of blueprints that are literally, were, and they were drawn by Macaulay Culkin apparently, like he drew the blueprints himself, this kind of blueprints of the house and the traps that he lays in, in under the windows and the entrances to all the houses and in the basement door and the front door and the booby traps that he sets are absolutely hilarious and they brought in special stunt guys for for the two burglars that come in they, they brought in these amazing stunt guys who do these sort of real old school farcical like they, they when, when they fall they sort of fly up into the air six feet and then they land I mean it's just slapstick comedy at its best um, so so that's really the concept is, is this nine-year-old home alone and he's fighting off these burglars with his ingenuity and his creativity and it's just, it's so much fun and it's really, really heartwarming. And uh, so it's, I, I have a scene here now, it's not one of the main scenes, but uh, but I really liked it because it kind of reminded me of that sort of back and forth that Macaulay Culkin had with John Candy and Uncle Buck. So this is a scene where he's taken himself, in fairness to him, nine-year-old, he's taken himself to the supermarket to, to buy himself some groceries for the next few days, uh, so this is a scene where he's he's at the cashier. He's at the cashier and um, putting putting his um, his food through the through the cashier. Are those microwave dinners any good? I don't know. I'll give him a whirl for the kids. Hold on, I got a coupon for that. It was in the paper this morning. 1983. Okay. Are you here all by yourself? Ma'am, I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Where's your mom? 
My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and your sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Uh, I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. So this is really brilliant back and forth. He's for a nine-year-old. He's re, he's an old soul, and he's yeah, really he's sharp. Smart. He's yeah. sharp and he's charming, and he's really sweet. And there's these really beautiful um, moments in it where he goes to the church and what looks at the choir singing. And there's that element of you know there's there's these somber moments where he is missing his family, even though he's, he fights with all his siblings all the time. You have this moment where it's Christmas time and it's it's really somber and he's missing his family. But then it's sort of the the, the bell starts to chime in the church and he realises he needs to get back to the house to set the traps for the burglars uh, and, and it's all gung-ho from there and it's just it's just magic I mean and that that's the reason that I mean that's the reason for it being why it got so big because it's absolute magic Macaulay Culkin I mean all the cast on Home Alone had said it I mean for a nine-year-old he was an old soul like he just was so smart he just he just has that star quality that star charm he had Catherine O'Hara who plays his mother John Candy uh, he he shot a uh, sort of a cameo in it and he was only in it for they, they filmed I think it was 24 hours was what he had filmed in it and he did it as a favour so he didn't pick up a cheque or anything or I think they paid him the standard you know standard fee not even a star all star like John Candy fee they paid him a standard fee for 24 hours and when the film came out every week it was number one number one number one number one and all the cast couldn't believe it and it was sort of week 11 and it was still number one and they it surprised everybody they all thought it was this is going to be a nice movie and people are going to like it but nobody envisaged how just how powerful and how how, how much it was going to relate to people and how people were going to react to it um, it is it sits in the Guinness Book of World Records as the highest box office gross for a comedy at 476 million dollars I mean it's and when you think of I think they didn't the original budget was I think 10 million but ultimately I think they ended up spending something like 20 million but like <laughs> it more than made back its money it was just one of those films that it was the little film that could and did and is now one of everybody's all time mm. favourite films and launched Macaulay Culkin's career and launched Macaulay Culkin's career and they, they made a Home Alone 2 um, Home Alone in New York and actually it's one of the few films in history where the sequel is just as good if not slightly better than the first I'd say I wouldn't say slightly better because the, the first one is a gem but the second one is just as good I mean they they, they, they brought they brought it home in the second one it was just absolutely fantastic and the iconic scene there, there's an iconic scene with Kevin where he's shaving He's nine now. He's not in shave, but he's there kind of. He's a big. He's the big man. He's in the house. He has a shower. Uh, he comes out of the shower and he's got the towel around him and he's front of the mirror and he sees his dad's aftershave and he puts the aftershave shave on his dad's on his hands and he puts them on his cheeks and he just starts screaming. So it's like this iconic uh, image of Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone where he's there going ah with his hands on his cheeks and Macaulay Culkin created that. He actually wasn't. He was supposed to remove his hands but he kept them there and, and it's left us with this iconic scene um, so good on him <laughs> good on him fantastic so, so that's on over Christmas so that Home Alone is on over Christmas but it's it, the, the docuseries on Netflix is called Movies That Made Us uh, and as I say there's Home Alone Die Hard but there's also Ghostbusters and Dirty Dancing are four really big films that were started out as kind of small films that no one thought would go anywhere and this series looks at 
how these were made and how they came to the big screen. Yes, exactly. Okay. And is that just one, is that a series or is it just, just one programme? It's a it's a series, it's a docu-series. So each programme uh, focuses on each uh, film. So there's four episodes focusing on four films. Okay, Movies That Made Us yeah. on Netflix. Excellent. Okay, Emily, that's really great. You're doing a very good job of selling things here now, I have to say. I want to see that as well now. Good. <laughs> so... Um, What's your next piece of music? So the second piece of music, it's a classic, the Ronettes Sleigh Ride. Sleigh Ride for Christmas. <laughs> Welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life. I'm here speaking to Emily Barton, who's our movie maniac. And Emily is guiding us through the maze of uh, cinema and TV for Christmas. So, and Emily 
has a website called emilymoviemaniac.com where you can listen back to these podcasts and you can also read some for blogs. So now, Emily, what have you got for us for our final segment here? So I suppose I'm going to move over to TV. So there's so many films on over Christmas. And I suppose my Christmas for me, what does Christmas look like for me? I mean, when you're when you're a kid, it's all about the excitement of Santa coming and presents and dinner and Christmas crackers and then when you're older you've got the excitement of the kids but my focus now is food number one (laughs) food and movies together uh, and and going for walks with the family but movies is really the cornerstone of of Christmas for me Um, and there is so many movies on TV and it's it is it's that lovely time of year where it's you have the perfect excuse to absolutely veg out on the couch and it's a really nice one I I love watching movies all year round and I'll watch them I'll watch a ridiculous amount of movies every week but Christmas is that like really nice time of year where obviously you're on your holidays you're indoors it's cold you're hibernating you're eating lovely food but it's just that lovely what makes it extra special is that you're able to watch movies with your family uh, and your friends and you know there's that bonding and that really kind of chill out so it's for me it's it's the two biggest bits of magic in the world for me are Christmas and, and movies coming together and there's loads and loads of movies so I'm hoping I can help sort of guide us through some of the movies that are coming out. I would highly recommend that people pick up an RT guide. There's the Christmas RT guide Christmas edition, which is basically my Christmas Bible, um, uh, movie Bible. It is, it has a full spread uh, of all the movies that are on over Christmas and it's not just on RT obviously it covers RT BBC ITV Virgin Media uh, E4 Channel 4 More 4 and it literally has a planner in the middle of the book with day by day a breakdown of what movies are on when and on what channel Um, and I highly recommend if like me you absolutely adore watching movies at Christmas it's a really handy thing to have to make sure that you don't miss any of your favourite movies because before I discovered that the RT Guide were doing this I'd get so frustrated when I turn on a film on you know in the lead up to Christmas or on Christmas Day and it's halfway through it and it's one of my favourite ones and I didn't know it was on so it's it's, it's really handy to kind of know when your favourites are on and also if you know you're going to be out with your friends or your family or visiting uh, visiting relatives or anything like that or volunteering um, if there's a film that you really love and you're going to be missing it at least you know when it's on you can set it to record so what I'm going to do is just take you through the Ortiz Festive Movie Planner uh, across a couple of days and I'm really just going to pull out films that I love and that are my go-to and uh, certainly ones that I will definitely be watching this Christmas as I say there's tons of movies on each of the days but I'm just picking out some of the ones that I really really enjoy so I will start off with Sunday the 22nd of December Uh, there's three films on Sunday the 22nd of December that kind of jumped out at me one of them is I love I love older films as well I love the old old MGM classics for me are just absolute gold but I I love the older films um, through the generations and this one uh, The Way We Were is on uh, came out in 1973 it's on T.G. Cahar at 12.20 The Way We Were it stars uh, Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford who play Katie and Hubble sort of these two 
two uh, star-crossed lovers who've fallen in love, but they're two two very different personalities, and it's a really gorgeous love story. Um, so I highly recommend it. Barbara Streisand, of course, uh, sings a couple of be- beautiful musical numbers in it, and she's incredible. So the way we were is on TG Cahart twenty past twelve on Sunday, the twenty second of December. They're also showing Father of the Bride on Channel Five at 12.50 so 10 to 1 in the afternoon uh, Father of the Bride came out in 1991 stars Steve Martin we were talking about Steve Martin there uh, earlier on and Diane Keaton uh, it's probably one of my all time favourite movies it is such a feel good film Steve Martin plays a father whose daughter is getting married she's only just I think 19 or 20 she's getting married and he's having to deal with his daughter growing up and moving out and getting married and also he's having to deal with all the wedding planning and all the, the shenanigans that go on of course Steve Martin and Diane Keaton are an absolute fantastic golden pair and then you have Martin Short who's playing the wedding planner Frank and he's just so funny so that's a really good feel good one so Father of the Bride is on Sunday the 22nd of December on Channel 5 at 12.50 and then finally on Sunday the 22nd we also have Big Business which is another sort of slightly older one from 1988 Big Big Business uh, stars Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin who are play two Two sets of twins who were uh, confused at birth. So there, there were two sets of twins that were identical. So in each set, you've got a Lily Tomlin and a Bette Midler. And there are two sets of twins from two very different sides of the world, one kind of from the country and the other from the city. And the, the, the twins from the country end up coming to the city and they get mixed up with the other twins. And there's just all this. It's real farcical. It's really funny. It's really fun and really, really entertaining. So Big Business is on Sunday, the 22nd of December on RTE1 at uh, 1.40pm and again just to say to you all of these films are in the RT guide um, it, and just I suppose another one on big business it was directed by Jim Abrahams who also directed he directed the comedies Airplane and Hot Shots oh. so he's a really good director so there's really Wonderful. good comedy and re- great timing in, in, in big business so it's definitely worth worth a watch then next Monday the 23rd of December I mean a serious classic now if like me you like watching epics as well at Christmas time um, Gandhi is on uh, 19, came out in 1982 Gandhi obviously about um, Hama Gandhi is directed by the late great Richard Attenborough so stunning stunning director and has an amazing um, an absolutely amazing um, cast Ben Kingsley Candice Bergman Martin Sheen Daniel Day-Lewis John Mills it's absolutely stunning uh, then moving on to Christmas Eve we, we want lots of really great movies to watch at Christmas Eve uh, Santa Claus the movie is on Santa Claus the movie came out in 1985 stars Dudley Moore John Lithgow and David Huddleston it is one of the most beautiful Santa Claus movies ever ever made and Dudley Moore plays an elf in it who feels rejected by Santa and he goes um, into the city and uh, there's a guy who's manufacturing toys um, that he uh, he goes to work for and it's just a really magical magical film so the Santa Claus the movie is on UTV on Christmas Eve at 2.40pm it's a stunning film Elf is also on a Christmas Eve I was talking about Elf earlier on Elf you have to watch it if you haven't seen it you can watch it on Christmas Eve at quarter past five in the afternoon on UTV and Home Alone I was also talking about Home Alone uh, Maeve Home Alone Christmas Eve 3.50pm <laughs> or she one set your box to record um, that's an absolute must see and then Christmas Day one of my all time favourite Christmas Day movies Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971 with um, Gene Wilder um, it, I it's it's magical it's still amazing I know they made a newer one Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, in 2005 with Johnny Depp but nothing beats Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka and it's just 
fabulous. Can I just mention Gene Wilder in The Producers with Mel Brooks? Oh, fantastic. One of the funniest films I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely fantastic film. Tremendous. Really, yeah. really wonderful. Mm. So, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Christmas Day, 1.20pm on RTE1. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, again, another classic one. The Wizard of Oz is on Virgin Media 1 on Christmas Day at 10 to 5 in the afternoon. That's one I will definitely be watching. Uh, I suppose an honourable mention, Gavin and Stacey uh, is a TV show from the early 2000s that I absolutely adored and uh, they haven't it hasn't been running for the last 10 years it finished up but they're doing a new brand new Christmas special on BBC One at 8.30pm so if there's any fans of Gavin and Stacey out there make sure you set your box to record uh, Gavin and Stacey's new Christmas specials on BBC One at half eight on Christmas Day and very very finally uh, absolute do not miss my all time favourite Christmas movie New Year's Day Meet Me in St. Louis Judy Garland 1944 absolutely the mo- one of the most stunning films uh, directed by Vincent Minnelli, Liza Minnelli's father. That's on New Year's Day at 10 o'clock in the morning on TG Cahir. And it is the best. It is the most beautiful. And of course, we have the iconic song sung by Judy Garland in that Have Yourself a Merry Christmas. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, if you have time on New Year's Day, if you're not c- coming and going, The Sound of Music and Ferris Bueller's Day Off is also on, on New Year's Day. So there's there's brilliant, brilliant um, uh, shows on uh, movies on New Year's Day as well. So be sure to pick up your RT movie guide if you want to make sure that you don't miss your favourites. Fantastic. And that's a great service by the RT guide to map out everything that's on over the whole season so that you can plan your TV watching. Mm-hmm over the holidays well that's it now I, I, I won't I won't miss I have all my favourites underlined and uh, mm-hmm. if I scheduled to watch them or to have them on record so it's great well done okay Emily thank you so much for coming in and happy Christmas everybody you can find more of Emily's insights on at emilymoviemaniac.com and we'll talk, see you all again in the new year
It's colder 